Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Hello, everyone. What's happening? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of After 9. How did uh, yesterday go for you? No different than any other day. Good. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's amazing to me the different things that came out of yesterday. It was the first day with optional masking in Ontario, and the counts were fascinating. Everywhere I looked, people were putting up a tally. Like, uh, I was at Home Depot, about 50% masked, 50% unmasked. I was at Walmart, most people had a mask on. Everybody was keeping track, despite all of us being told in advance, don't worry about other people. Just worry about you. It was uh, it was funny, but I guess if we aggregate, aggregate up all the data, yeah, I'm guessing it was yeah. about 50-50 well, masked and unmasked. Well, and there was curiosity, and I understand that. If I was out anywhere yesterday, I'd be curious to check it out. I'm curious to know how schools went and stuff, but I didn't go out of my way to tr- attempt to take a tally. Uh, but yeah, I, that's fine. I, I figured it would be about 50-50. That's great. As long as there's no like arguments that happened, and I hope there wasn't, or anything like that, fine, good. So now that the mask issue is sorted out, <laughs> I'm kidding, it'll never fully be sorted out, but it is going to become more and more normal. And that's the thing that everybody needs to remember. Uh, yesterday, if, if you're one of those people who saw a lot of people without masks, that was just sort of dipping your toe in the water. There's going to be more and more. And as days and weeks go on, eventually we'll get down to almost nobody is wearing them. And that's just the way it's going to go, especially as the warmer weather comes. If you are discouraged at the amount of people wearing masks, that's a very weird take. But OK, all right. Uh, I do think that it's going to uh, uh, the masks are going to slowly come off over time. And I think that's the way it's supposed to be. I'm wondering about the uh, uh, two weeks from now. There's still people that are saying we should have waited two weeks, two more weeks, two weeks. I'm curious to see how things are in two weeks. Yeah, we'll check in on that for sure. Keep a tally of that one, yeah, huh? That's going to be a hot <laughs> one to watch. Hey, Kat, there's a big thing happening today in Ottawa, and it got broken late last night. And this is going to be something that people are talking about throughout the day today. Let's take you to Ottawa, where the prime minister is currently addressing the national media. Good morning. Bonjour tout le monde. For over two years, Canadians have worked hard to overcome incredible challenges. The sacrifices and hardships of the pandemic have been greater than we could have imagined. Thousands lost a loved one. Businesses struggled as we all stayed home. Moms, dads and kids had to adapt to a new reality, while seniors suffered in isolation. The federal government had the backs of Canadians, and Canadians rose to the moment with choosing compassion, hard work, and resilience. Aujourd'hui, la guerre criminelle de Vladimir Poutine en Ukraine cause encore plus d'incertitudes. Cette guerre dévastatrice a créé une crise humanitaire majeure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they didn't offer a translation on this particular feed, but we can tell he's talking about Vladimir Putin and Ukraine. The war in Ukraine is having a heavy impact on global trade and the price of things we all rely on. Canada, alongside our democratic partners, is helping Ukraine defend itself against authoritarianism. It's the right and necessary thing to do. And Canadians are responding to these challenges with the same resolve and resilience they've demonstrated over the last two years. Even in tough times, Canadians are as determined as ever to build a better future for themselves, for our children and grandchildren, and for the rest of the world. Six months ago, Canadians gave Parliament clear marching orders to deliver on this better future by investing in a strong and growing middle class, more good, well-paying jobs, economic growth and climate action, housing and child care affordability, better health care, and continued reconciliation with Indigenous peoples. The message from Canadians was as clear as the mandate they gave Parliament. There was no mandate. Work together to put people and families first, deliver results, and build a better future. This is what Canadians expect. 
from their politicians. Today, I'm announcing that the Liberal Party has reached an agreement with the new Democratic Party to deliver results for Canadians now. This supply and confidence agreement starts today and will be in place until the end of this Parliament in 2025. What this means is that during this uncertain time, the government can function with predictability and stability, present and implement budgets, and get things done for Canadians. I've thought long and hard about this. It was not an easy decision. Shut the With so much <laughs> instability around us, Canadians need stability. We're different political parties. We stand for different things. But where we have common goals, we cannot let our differences stand in the way of delivering what Canadians deserve. Of course, he didn't need to do this deal with the NDP. He could do it with the bloc. He could do it with the conservatives. He could do it with who, a combination of both. He picked the NDP because they're the weakest of the bunch. There is now a coalition, and they don't want to use the C word. Coalition is a bad word, apparently, even though it's been done many, many, many times in Canadian Parliament in the past. This is a, uh, an agreement between the Liberals and the NDP where the NDP has agreed, even though they don't know what Trudeau is going to do over the next three years or what he'll say, they're going to support him unconditionally. Meaning Justin Trudeau is guaranteed to be Prime Minister of Canada mm-hmm. until 2025. Now that said, it means that he, he by he I mean Jagmeet Singh, gets his way in terms of things that were on his platform, particularly on, on the NDP platform. So in exchange, he makes sure, at least you just trust the word, I assume, of Justin Trudeau, that he'll be able to do everything he wanted to do, healthcare in particular, dental care, pharma care, all those things that are very important will be seen through with this deal as part of this. Well, I mean, the NDP ran with, I believe it was an 82-page platform in the last federal election, the one we had back in the summer. 82 pages of promises that were distinct to the NDP. He sold his unconditional support, guaranteed it's basically that Justin Trudeau has a majority government now. He can say or do or spend whatever he wants unconditionally, unchecked. And the NDP has to support it. Mm-hmm. In exchange, the liberals are reviving an old campaign promise. Uh, I'm, maybe you remember. I've, I'm old enough to remember that the liberals have been flirting with pharmacare and dental care coverage for Canadians for a very long time. And the NDP took that on as their campaign promise, and it appears now they've agreed that there will be a pharmacare and a dental care program in Canada. None of the details have been released. We don't even know if it'll apply to uh, regular Canadians or if this is only for seniors, only for kids. There's a lot of programs that leave out the middle class specifically. So we'll see what the details are. But uh, holy shit, Jugmeet Singh. I don't even know if he's going if there's going to be an NDP party after this. I, I really don't. This is basically a unite the left campaign. And Jugmeet Singh is so unimportant to Justin Trudeau. He wasn't even invited to the news conference. This is Trudeau announcing a deal with the NDP. Where's the NDP? Oh, you think they should have been side by side with this announcement? Yeah, that's exactly what they should have done. I Maybe mean, if there's a reason for it. I don't, I don't know. Listen, if there's going to be a coalition, typically the way a coalition in Canada would work is if I'm Justin Trudeau and I'm real scared about the conservatives because they've got some people that are running that are going to ask a lot of questions and and stuff that Trudeau doesn't want to answer for. He still doesn't want to talk about whatever happened at that lab in Winnipeg with the Chinese scientists that got fired at the beginning of the pandemic. He doesn't want to talk about that. He doesn't want to talk about the vaccine deals. He doesn't want to talk about the Emergencies Act. He doesn't want to do any of that shit. He does not want to be accountable. And now he doesn't have to be. He will control the committees. And typically to get that kind of a deal, you would have to go to one of the opposition parties. In this case, he picked Jagmeet Singh and the NDP. And he would have to say, Jag, here's the deal. 
I'm the prime minister. But if you agree to keep me here living on uh, living at 24 Sussex, even though he doesn't actually live in the prime minister's home, then here's the deal. You're going to get a seat in cabinet or we're going to take some of your people and put them in our cabinet. We're going to be together governing the country. That would have been a good deal for the NDP to make. Sure, they could have a say at the table. In this case, they compromised for two promises that the liberals have already promised in the past anyway, and he gave unconditional support so that basically Trudeau has a majority government until 2025. So I was scanning around as this was going on and during the French part, and wow, it is amazing how many upset New Democrat voters there are. People that are wondering, why did we just make this deal for two things? You know, I mean, if we hold the balance of power and Justin continuously has to come back to us and make us a deal every time for our support, we could get a lot more than two things done in three and a half years. Yeah. Okay. so maybe there should have been more. Some people would argue that. And maybe there was talks on more, but that's what they agreed to now. But perhaps there'll be more talks through the next few years. Um, it's hard to say. I understand that people would be disappointed if they were a supporter of NDP and don't like this, but you also have to look at it as he is representing himself as well and his beliefs and his platform. And those were maybe the two most important things or three most important things um, for them. And to get that guaranteed, I mean, it's either that or the alternative where the next few years we'll never have that. So maybe that's the way he saw it. It's hard to say, but time was all. You know, I will... uh... (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I honestly think that the NDP is done after this. Coalitions have happened in other countries where the lower party just basically got absorbed into the bigger party. And I have a feeling that that's what this is. Jagmeet Singh knows he'll never be prime minister. His best hope is just to basically merge in with the liberal party. Uh, it's not a great day for accountability in Canada. It's not a great day for fiscal restraint in Canada, because as we know, Justin isn't afraid to run deficits. He's definitely not. And there is absolutely nothing stopping him from spending whatever he wants over the next three and a half years. There is going to be no realistic hope that he could lose a vote in Parliament on important issues to Canadians like this. It's, uh, well, <laughs> I, uh, I got a lot to say about it, but I'm not going to. I will uh, leave you to form your own opinions, guys. This is a deal between the Liberals and the NDP that guarantees Justin Trudeau stays in power until at least 2025. We don't know what's going to happen between now and then. I can't see the liberals forcing an election when they can govern like they have a majority, even though they didn't win a majority government. Uh, The opposition parties are going to be all over this. Man, nothing could have been better for fundraising for the Conservative Party of Canada or for the Bloc Québécois, because they're going to read this, see this, hear this, and they're going to explode. But that's what the uh, big news out of Ottawa today is, Kat. There's a lot of other things going on, though. So let's get to that. Here where we do our FM radio show, Kitchener-Waterloo. It's a bit of a party town, just so you know. Maybe you've never been here. I highly advise it. You should come here. It's a great spot. Every year, there's a St. Patrick's Day party. Thousands upon thousands of university students and college students attend it. Police released the numbers from this year. (laughs) <laughs> they got 328 calls in one yeah. day to the university district. Yeah. A- 147 charges laid and 19 arrests. And what I'm wondering is, is this something that the students wear as a badge of honor? Or is this something that the region is deeply ashamed of? Because I think on one hand, they'd rather say, well, fuck, guys, 147 charges. We got to calm down or maybe we shouldn't do this anymore. On the other hand, I think they're also looking down the line saying, fuck you, Queens. Look at this. Well, and here's the like, that's the thing is every single school has their party times. I mean, and and some are more popular than others here for some reason. In Waterloo, it's always been St. Patrick's Day. I used to work at a station that was right on the corner by the university, like across from the university at King and University. And it used to be a thing we did every St. Patrick's Day. We would pull up a chair in our boardroom. Our boardroom was all glass all the way around and we'd watch the college students and I'm talking from like six o'clock in the morning because the bars around here would open. I don't know if that was the case this year. Things have changed a little bit, but they would open early for the students to come and drink. And that's what they would do is drink all day long and you just watch students. That's what we would do, like hobble up and down the sidewalk and watch police, you know, escort people. And cops around here are so are so good with it, though. They are helpful if somebody needs help. They're not all there to 
scold people. I, I've never seen that. And I've seen many St. Patrick's Day um, Uptown Waterloo before, specifically with the college students, is that they understand it's going to happen. This was one of their ways of trying to, you know, c- control it in one way or another. They set up barricades on the street where it usually is. It's called Ezra Street. And they set up these barricades thinking, OK, let's try to at least keep people safe. Don't want anyone hit by a car. So they shut streets down so that it's just people, just pedestrians doing all the things that they felt was safe. And you can't you can't just tell kids not to party. What's going to happen? They're going to party or they're going to find somewhere else to party. It's going to get more dangerous if it's in the middle of a field. This shit's going to be set on fire and shit has been set on fire in the past. In fact, my cousin's mattress was set on fire one year during a St. Patrick's Day party. True wow. story. So it's was going- he in the bed? No, thankfully not. He took video of it, though. He's like, that's mine. My mattress. OK, there it goes. Um, and it's going to happen is the main thing. And no matter what university you're talking about, it's going to happen. I've been party. I've been to parties in London before. Those are epic parties. And college students are wandering around. You know, they, they do study hard. Most of them do study hard. They want to party hard, too. So the bars are crazy. People are walking up and down the street. It's going to happen. You cannot attempt to shut these things down. For me, I look at those numbers and I think, OK, cool. We're more close to what it used to be. We're closer to normal, and that makes me happy. Also, nobody got hurt here, which is good news because it can always be worse. If you're talking about charges of public intoxication, yeah, okay. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who have been there, done that, even when they were younger, if they're older now, or maybe they're in the position where, yeah, I got a public intoxication charge. It's not murder. And then, look, I'm not saying it's go ahead and wander the streets drunk, but I'm saying it's going to happen when you're in college, especially when it comes to St. Patrick's Day. That is an epic party for Waterloo. I actually have the list of charges. 90 of the 147 charges laid were for liquor infractions. 29 under the Highway Traffic Act. 19 criminal code violations. There was a drug charge and one charge laid under the Environmental Act. I don't know what the fuck you did. Who the fuck got an environmental charge? What did you do? What did you I have a feeling, by the way, that the Environmental Act was really all they could use. I think somebody shit on somebody else's lawn. Okay. But I I don't know where else you would lay that charge. I mean, mischief? We reserve that for truck protest organizers. So I don't know what else they could have charged the person with. But either way, this is the reality. And the party continued over the weekend. So in addition to police getting called 328 times on St. Patty's Day to the University District, there were 224 more calls over the rest of the weekend, resulting in 46 more charges and three more arrests. Man, U of W, Laurier, Conestoga, and I'm sure University of Guelph was there. Western probably dropped by. Oh, yeah, that's the thing, right? You, the, when, you, you had fun. when you know there's a good party happening, you travel to those parties. That's what I did. I went to Conestoga College. I would still come up down Waterloo for the St. Patrick's Day party, and then I would go to London. They had a couple of really good parties right at the beginning of the year. They're like frosh weeks and things were always stellar. So it happens, sure. That's it until homecoming, everybody. No Easter ragers this year because you guys have fucked it all up on St. Patty's Day. So find your chill until at least the end of next September. Now they're probably still hungover anyway until then. It wouldn't surprise (laughs) me at all. Well, two years of pent up frustration. I mean, what more do you want these people to do? You screwed them around nonstop for two years. You dropped all kinds of rules on them. You charged them even more than you used to charge them for an experience that they didn't get. When they finally got to go out, you had to expect that this champagne bottle was going to blow a cork at one point. So here we are. This is what happens. Uh, While we're talking school, this is a tough one for me. I'm very conflicted on this. A Colorado school district has upset a lot of parents after announcing plans to get rid of the valedictorian program this year at graduation in what some parents are calling the latest equity obsessed focus on mediocrity over excellence. Okay, there's a lot of hyperbole there, but I get what they're saying. They say the practices of class rank and valedictorian status are outdated and inconsistent with what we know about our students. This is according to the Cherry Creek School District staff In a statement to families last week, they say, we believe all students can learn at high levels and learning is not a competition. So there will be no valedictorian Mm. this year. Mm -hmm. You know, they can say that all students are capable of achieving at high levels. That's simply not true. 
Oh, that's definitely not true. There are certain people who just will never achieve that elite academic status for many, many, many different reasons. What was so what was always so frustrating for me, and it still is frustrating for me, is the way that we have this cookie cutter society of this is how you know, this is how it's going to be. And you have to do this, this and that. And there are standout people in different categories. For example, I wasn't born uh, six foot five. If I was, you bet your ass I'd be good at volleyball, for example. And maybe I would have won a volleyball award at some point or some shit, just as an example, or a basketball or something like that. But just because you're your size doesn't mean you should be out of the running for that volleyball award. That's the thing is I shouldn't be able to ever get that. So why would I be in the running for it? So in that way, I don't like the cookie cutter either of Oh, everybody should get an award for having a certain, I don't know, a certain brain, if you will. Like, if, that's just one way to put it. But yeah, there are some people who are just extremely good at academia. That's what they do. That's what they're good at. Maybe it's a, a English, maybe it's math skills, whatever it might be. That always impresses me because I don't have a brain that works the same as some people. And I think that's what makes us cool, unique and different is that I can look at someone and be like, their brain works completely different from my brain. And that's how it is. Everybody is different, just as everybody is different, right? So I... I, I don't love that. I mean, personally, I was like, I don't know how much it really matters to get rid of the valedictorian, not in terms of as a societal thing, but does it really matter? Maybe it does. Like, correct me if I'm wrong on your application, I assume to college or university. I assume that's a big deal. Like, oh, valedictorians get top of the top of the pile. Oh, they you're certainly there, get a good look. You're, and you're there for a reason. I mean, you're not valedictorian if your marks are shit. So your marks have to be good in order to do that. Just as though I was on the honor roll toward the end of high school, that maybe helped me. Maybe it didn't. I have no idea. But it's everybody is, is different. So to just kind of pretend like, oh, sorry, you're not special in that way because nobody else can be special in that way can be troublesome because we're all good at different things. And for some people, it is uh, being a, a scholar in one way or another, studying hard. And that's what you really, really worked hard on. Whereas someone else might be over here working really hard on lacrosse and their lacrosse skills and getting them to that level. You know, everybody is so is different. And why can't we just appreciate those differences? Yeah, this is the opposite of that. Yeah. They want everybody painted with the exact same brush. Everybody has the same abilities Everybody can only achieve a certain level. For example, they are eliminating the valedictorian program this year. For now, though, they're going to keep the department awards. So someone's going to win the science award. Someone will win the math award and the English award. But they're not going to do those at the graduation ceremony like they always do. Those will be held separately and privately <laughs> so that we don't make anybody feel excluded oh, that no. they did not win the science award oh, or the no. history or the English award. They'll get their award, but they'll get it privately just directly from the teacher. Do people feel that bad if they don't win the awards? Is it that scarring to you if you don't win the award? Like, help me out with this. Like, help me out. I got the co-op award at the end of the year. So as a... Cool. Awesome. But I think if I sat there at the awards banquet that I do remember very well from high school and I didn't get an award, I, it wouldn't scar me. It wouldn't change. Maybe it would make me actually want to work harder and be like, hey, there looks like they're set up for success in life. Like I should work hard to make sure that I'm successful in life. Couldn't it be that way, too? Why shouldn't we see these people? And, and we should be more appreciative. This is what turns us into a society of people hating on one another. And whether we're talking about bullying or talking people down, it sometimes stems from jealousy. And we need to see these people and be inspired by them, I think, and, and, and not shut them down or privately give them awards because nobody else can see it, just so that we feel better about ourselves. Yeah, I, I understand what they're doing here. I understand that they want to try and, and create this open space where everything is amazing and yeah, we know that your actual marks are like a 50-ish, but don't worry, that's an A because you tried. It's a participation award, essentially, and that happens way, way, way too often. There's still a lot of sports out there that do not keep score because it doesn't matter the score as long as we all had fun. I'm sorry, but when you're playing a competition, the score does, does matter. That really That's happen? the point of the competition. Well, you're thinking about putting your kids into sports soon, aren't you? Yeah, my kid actually starts soccer next month. I'll be surprised if they keep score because typically the well, young ones don't anymore. I mean, she's four. I, I don't really expect it to be about that. You think it should as young as four years old? Well, it's lipstick on a pig. They can say, oh, we don't keep score. No, no, it's just for fun. Parents are keeping score. Kids in their head are keeping score. They know who won that fucking game. 
they know exactly who won that game. <laughs> I'm not that competitive. Like that kind of stuff doesn't bother me at that young age. But when you're talking about school, when you're in it, when you're in it, you're hoping that you do your best. So I think it's a little bit different than just a recreational activity. This is, uh, I called it in, in another conversation that we had several months ago, uh, a race to the bottom when we were talking about eliminating streaming in grade nine. Uh, when the, the discussion was all about it, it's too much to ask a kid to pick the higher stream or the lower stream when they go into high school. And, and I don't like that. And I don't like this either. I, uh, I don't want to sound old school, but I do like in a graduation ceremony, which is full of history and pomp and circumstance. Graduation ceremonies have a valedictorian because the valedictorian's job, their one and only job is to speak on behalf of the graduating class. You hear from the alumni, you hear from the administration, and you hear from the graduating class. Selecting one person to represent the class is a time-honored tradition, carrying the, the badge of honor of I was my high school valedictorian, I was my college valedictorian. I think that means something, and I don't know why we would take that away from the people who it's important to just because there are other people who will not be valedictorian. To me, that's not really solving a problem or advancing the cause or creating that competitive atmosphere, particularly if there are several people in the running for valedictorian. I get that if there's four in the running and one gets it, three are going to be disappointed. Disappointment is a fact of life. Sure it is, because there's promotions. I mean, I do agree with you on that. The streaming, I think, is a little bit different, and we talked about that at the time. You guys can go back to whatever podcast that was and hear us talk about it. Go ahead and look. Because I disagreed with you on that. But I do agree with you here, because when you look at the average job and how you can work your way up the ladder, you can't do that just by being the same as everybody else. You have to stand out for different reasons to the people who are in charge of you know, giving you those promotions. That is the way it works. And you have to prove yourself in order to get them. So that is real life. I'm not sure. I, I don't really, I don't, I don't know. I don't really. And again, this is coming from someone who wasn't even up for valedictorian. And I would, I still like to see it. My girlfriend was valedictorian and I was so happy for her. And I still remember that and that meaning a lot to her. So I, I really don't see enough, enough of enough evidence unless maybe I'm just completely blind to what's happening now with, maybe Gen, Gen Z who would be coming up now in, in high school, right? Like maybe it's, maybe it's, is a situation that's, that needs to be looked at. I don't know. Uh, the younger generation right now is built a lot different from the generation that occupies most of the real estate in the job market, which would be the boomers and Gen X. There's a lot of Gen Xers that look at their younger colleagues and think, Ugh, okay, all right. Well, you and I are very, very different people, but they also came from very different generations. And part of the generational switch was a switch to things like this, where no, nobody can get upset. We, we're not going to pick a valedictorian because it'll alienate somebody else. And we don't want to do that. Everything's the same. Mm -hmm. We don't keep score in sports because it's not about competition. It's about having fun. All those sort of things add up over a while. Uh, the joke is they call them the participation award generation. And I don't know that that's true or not. I don't work in HR. I don't have to deal with their bullshit. But this is uh, something that definitely stands out and is being noticed by people that are in the workforce today. Some people, in all fairness. Some people like it the way it is, and that's fine, too. In Oregon, man was pleasantly surprised the other day when he found a lottery ticket that he forgot he'd purchased. Actually, he didn't forget he'd purchased it. He knew he had it. He just hadn't gotten around to checking it. He bought it on Christmas Eve and won $8.9 million. Oh, I love stories like that. How does it feel knowing that you've had basically $9 million sitting on your kitchen counter for months? Yeah. While you were trying to figure out how you're going to make your next mortgage payment or while you were trying to uh, buy the shitty good value brand instead of the real KD <laughs> to save some money <laughs> while you were dealing with inflation Don't good value. and high gas prices. Okay, off topic, but the, the good value or the great value, whatever the Walmart brand is, the Walmart brand mac and cheese is superior to KD mac and cheese. And if you don't believe me, Try it. You will see it. The Walmart, good value, great value, whatever it is, is better than uh, craft. Anyway, back to this. Yeah, this guy basically had $9 million and didn't even realize it. 
crazy. So, and this is where we're going to disagree again. <laughs> he chose the 30-year annuity option. He was not giving up a cent of that $8.9 million. He wants every penny that's entitled to him. The way that works, though, is you can have the entire $8.9 million. After taxes, you will get it in installments over a 25 or 30 year period. If you want the lump sum, they're not going to give you the full 8.9. They'll probably give you around six, but you can have the whole six right now. So in this case, he's going to get after taxes, $200,000 a year for about 30 years. Would you be happy with... T- no. Poor choice. No, the look Mm-mm. of disgust on your face. Mm-mm. I can see it from here. Mm-mm. That's a poor choice. That's a poor choice. I'm going to say it now. For many different reasons. Here is how I would do it. Lump sum every single time. And I know that you maybe you'll take a hit more so. Maybe you won't. Because also, don't forget that things do change through the course of many years. And maybe you're, actually, you're in a better spot. But when you have that much money, if you give me a lump sum of money... I just invest it. I have to be smart and invest it properly. And I'll actually make back all the money that I would have potentially lost on interest or whatever it is or taxes by taking that lump sum. There's also the thought of, and because I'm just a morbid individual, I think about what would happen to me if I got hit by a bus tomorrow. I think about that all the time. Yeah. What I would mean, happen to Kat if what she got would hit happen? by a bus? I would die is the answer, Scott. <laughs> well, it depends what kind of bus You're and who's right. driving. You're right. But let's say I died because I got hit by a bus, and by a, but I got this lottery. But I decided, like an idiot, like a fucking idiot, to take $200,000 per year. That's all I happen to have in my bank. Actually, I spent some of it, let's say. So I got, I got $120,000 in my bank, and that's all I can actually give to my loved ones when I die. So for two reasons. Number one, be smart about it. Hire an investor. You've got millions of dollars. Hire the best investor you can find in your country. Never mind just your region, your country. Figure out who that is. Hire that person and let them help you invest your money so you make money off of that money. That's number one. Number two is at least you have that money. You can put a chunk of it in trust so that if something, God forbid, happens to you, your loved ones can get, get a cut. How could, why don't you think that way? Like that to me is the only way to do it. To me, fully planning on, and granted, things change, like buses randomly a come out of nowhere. A bus could come out of nowhere, <laughs> I've never not seen a bus coming. It could fly right through this window on the third floor. You just don't know. <laughs> so that anomaly aside, I think to myself, this guy's got $8.9 million right now. But in order to get his money now, he would have to leave almost $3 million on the table. And to me, I don't want to give up $3 million just because I need to have it now. I just did the math. And I would probably keep working if I did win that, the lottery. I, I probably would because I like this job. Parts of it anyway. The, the payout yourself after taxes you'd be making $550 a day. If you got a $200,000 check every year, you could basically give yourself an allowance of $550 every single day. If you've got a $2,000 mortgage payment, in four days, your mortgage is paid of the month. And then there's still another $550 on day five, on day six, on day seven. It adds up. That's a lot of money. But again, why would you not consider hiring an investor to make you money off of that bigger chunk of change? It just makes sense to me. Invest, 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 invest. And then you'll make that money and then some. Sure. Instead of having to wonder how much money, oh, I, okay, I've got this much and at least I know it's there. But no, you, if you're smart. Now, if you're dumb, don't get me wrong. That's the best option for you, maybe. If you are worried and in terms of- I am I, dumb. Go ahead I and tell me. What no, do I do? <laughs> when I say dumb, I mean, for some people, they truly- some people win money and they, Scott, they spend it. Have you ever heard, heard these stories oh, yeah. where they win like a, a five, even if it's a $5 million lottery and it's gone a year later yep. because there are some people who truly can't control their spending or they think it's a smart idea to buy a whatever, some kind of a zoo in the middle of nowhere and nobody goes to it and then they lose money on it. I don't know, just stupid choices. It happens all the time with pro athletes. 
It does. They get that big, oh boy, $5 million yes. over three seasons. Okay, well, now you've got $5 million, but nobody wants you because you blew out your knee or your ACL, and you've yes. got to make that $5 million last forever. If you blew a lot of it during the contract, you're fucked. It happens. The next thing you know, you're on Dr. Phil because you're homeless, but once you were like a multimillionaire, it's crazy. So if you know in advance you are money dumb, is how I'll put it, then maybe that's the best option for you to make sure that you only have this much to work with. That's basically your allowance every year from winning. And that way, you know, you won't spend more per year. You won't go too crazy and try to buy a whatever it might be, something that's way too expensive for your taste. So in that case, I say that's a maybe. But uh, yeah, for me, I do it that way. Hey, either way, either way, the guy's the guy's good to go. He doesn't have to worry about working as long as he's smart enough with the money that he that he decides to uh, spend. And uh, good for him. Man, I want to check the lottery ticket in my purse now. Yeah, I was going to say. I got one. I was trying to get a fresh mask. I keep a couple of them on the visor in my car or above it. Yeah. And I, I just happened to pull that visor down this morning to grab a fresh mask. Boom. Three lottery tickets right there. What I'm trying to remember, though, is if I've already checked them and they're just like a free ticket or even a loser. Uh, or if those yeah. are ones I haven't checked. I don't know if there's hope in my visor right scan now. Scan it. You could scan it. I should do that. My scanner here. I should do that. All right. I'll check that after. <laughs> uh, BuzzFeed and Reddit publishing a thread from Reddit about your coworkers. They say, with people going back to the office, it's time to circle back and talk about all the shitty things your coworkers do that drives you nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Every day I make my list just a little bit longer. But they've got the top 10. So see if you can relate to any of these Everyone, the number one thing here that they say drives us nuts about coworkers is when is meetings. Meetings, first and foremost, are the worst thing that we all hate. Everybody hates meetings. Frankly, I don't understand why your boss keeps scheduling them because they're a waste of fucking time. Some people schedule meetings and, and we all know that those meetings could have been an email. How many times have we seen that meme? This meeting could have been an email. They do it. Because they need to look a certain way, right? They need to look like, yep, I'm assembling the troops. We're all good. We're on the same page. Everything's good. Guys, I had a meeting. So uh, we're good to go. But sometimes you don't need that. And maybe you do need to wrangle some people every now and again, depending on what group you're working with. Well, they say when someone schedules a meeting and then at the meeting, they have to discuss what the meeting should be about is the number one thing that drives no. people batshit crazy. Wait, at the meeting, they try to figure out what they're going to talk about? Why, why is there a meeting to talk about what you're going to talk about at the meeting? I don't know. Ask Dave. We have a fucking <laughs> meeting every week, and the meeting usually starts with, so, everything good? <laughs> we should have our meeting on the podcast on Friday, just to give people a taste. Number two, loud sippers. People that oh. drink their beverage too loud. I'm drinking a coffee through that? this whole podcast. Can you hear me slurping or sucking or anything? Yep. Yeah, it's because it's a Yeti. But you're I, not that bad though. You're not an annoying. You're not an annoying. You're not an annoying drinker. Oh, some people lean right into it. Like they just fill their lungs with every ounce of air they can mm. to try and suck off that water bottle that they're drinking out. Of. <laughs> Sorry, you almost spit that, didn't you? <laughs> mm-hmm. She didn't spit it though. Uh, I got it. Using speakerphone for personal calls. What kind of an asshole takes a personal call at work on speaker? Have you ever been a witness? I've, I've, I've been there, though, overhearing a personal call on speakerphone. And it was, a, it was like a, a, a custody situation. Uh-oh. I wish that I didn't. You know, it was one of those things. But he took it in like right when you walk through the front doors, like in the main lobby, just yelling on the phone to his ex, like yelling. It, you know them. Anyway, and I was like, oh, this is really awkward for everybody involved. Can you not find a private place to do this? Next thing is asking questions while in the bathroom. Yeah, I don't want to talk to anybody while I'm in the bathroom. Yeah, I don't. Uh... You're very vulnerable with your privates out. You don't want to discuss work. <laughs> Girls maybe are more chatty than guys in the bathroom. I think that that's probably accurate an accurate assumption of me to throw out. But yeah, asking questions, no. You can make small talk. Like, small talk's it. That's it. Or, hey, I like your shoes, and that's it. Strange eating habits. Like eating popcorn with a spoon. Who the fuck does that? There's people out there that are... Okay, so the popcorn with a spoon thing, I'm not going to discount that because I have a couple of things that I do for pure aesthetics. I might 
if I have to go somewhere later on in the day, use a spoon to eat popcorn because I don't want that smart food cheese shit all over my hands when I've got to go and meet somebody. You should use tongs is what you should use. Same with barbecue chips or ketchup chips and stuff like that. So, yeah, tongs, that works, uh, spoon, whatever. (laughs) Fucking weird. It's like, well, after you get your teeth whitened, which you and I have both done several times, you drink everything out of a straw because you don't want to ruin your freshly whitened teeth. It's true. I've done that. And And it also hurts. Yeah. Well, people look at you like you're an asshole because you're drinking your coffee out of a straw. I'm sorry. I just paid a hundred fucking dollars to get my teeth done. <laughs> this is why. Uh, pushing their MLM side hustle on you. Oh. Are there coworkers who do that? Yes. Really? Who goes to work and tries to unload their their pampered chef shit? Oh my gosh, Scott! I I think I've, I might have told this story on the podcast before, but I was new. I was new at the old station the last station. And I was excited to meet new people. And I thought, Hey, I made a friend. She wants to go for a coffee. So we sit down for coffee and like, let's, this is great. Nice to see you. And she pulls out a binder from a bag and starts showing me products and talking about how much money I could make. If I jumped aboard this train, Ah, pyramid scheme, shit. And I was just sitting there going, I was angry to be honest with you because yeah, it's a coworker and I'm thinking you want to be my friend. No, you want me to climb underneath your little fucking pyramid is what, and just sit there is what you want. Anyway, don't do that by the way. It's cool. You want to do you, you want to do the, uh, whatever it might be, the makeup or maybe it's a health thing or a beach body, whatever the heck it is. You do it, but don't try to rope someone in by pretending to want to be their friend. At work, too. They have to see you every day after that. It's awkward. Taking their shoes off at work. A lot of people mention that. (gasps) Wow. Do people do that? I mean, when I'm at home, I take my shoes off because I live there. (laughs) And I know my floor is clean and it's good. But occasionally, I'll walk around the house in like slides or something like that. Maybe some slippers. I never wanted to achieve that level of comfort at the office. Never once have I thought... I should just take my shoes off and chill here. I don't trust these floors. No. Like, I don't trust any fl- other, any floor other yeah. than my own home. Yeah, I don't know what's in that floor, Cat, but that carpet is pretty run down, isn't it? Sure is, Scott. That's seen some feet over the years. <laughs> some feet, some other things. I don't know. Singing. If you're working and you've got a deadline and you've got to get these, this spreadsheet processed here, your coworker just a couple desks down is singing... Let it go, let it go. Oh, irritating. Is it going to be irritating? You know what is best, like, turn on, and I'm not just saying this because I work uh, for radio, a uh, radio station, but, I mean, putting on radio it should be fine, but some people don't like that either. But at least, like, no singing, though. You know, the singing could get irritating. I understand that. Like, you're not working with Celine Dion. You probably don't want to hear them sing. But in all fairness, if it's a good song, I don't mind hearing somebody else's version of it. You don't mind. Like uh, Daryl down the hall, they're just singing like Sweet Caroline or something like that while you're in the middle of trying to get some work done. I'm not going to do the bop, 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 but I would probably uh, give him a little bit of rope to go ahead and finish the song. If there's an encore, then I might go, hey, hold on a second here. And I think these are serial singers. There's also serial whistlers who are just constantly whistling. Number nine is being passive aggressive. I mean, I don't think anybody likes that. And some people can't help it. That's just their personality. They're a passive aggressive person and they've got some deep seated anger issues. That's just the way some people are. Sure. Uh, Some people get put in a situation where they just lash out in a passive aggressive way. I get it. Nobody likes it. So I'm not surprised it made the list. (laughs) Is that the as per my last email type people? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm exactly that person who will reply professionally. But as I'm typing it in my I'm out loud dictating, fuck you. I want nothing to do with this meeting. I don't understand why we're meeting or why you don't value my time. Uh, The last one on the list is I can see this in two. Talking nonstop about your pets, especially cats. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I hate to, I hate to admit that I'd probably be in that area of not really liking that. Just if it was constant, like constant. And I don't mean just pets. Like I, I understand that maybe you love your pet or your kids even for that matter. But, you know, there are some people who don't stop talking about it. It's annoying, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, guess what Fluffy did today? Yeah. Fluffy found a new ball (laughs) under the couch. Fuck Fluffy and your couch. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck your couch. 
Uh, pop quiz, cat. Name something that pops out of a woman during childbirth. Oh. Oh, could be many different things. Placenta? Shit? Uh-huh. Uh, other matters? Other gross mucus? And perhaps a baby. A stay-at-home mom from Indiana revealed a weird side that she had side effect that she had while giving birth. Her eyeball popped out of her <gasps> head while she was pushing. Oh my don't tell that is so mean. You are mean. There are potentially pregnant women listening to this right now. Yeah. That are not happy you just said that. You better go buy a patch. Fearful, <laughs> <laughs> they are fearful as it is. If you had told me that as a pregnant person, I'd slap you. My hormones would already be going crazy. I'd be like, you shut up. Well, why do you go? Girls have to push so fucking hard. What's the rush? Just wait. You know, It'll happen eventually. Gravity does work. I don't know why you're first pushing. Of, first of all, that's First of all, that is... Oh, I feel bad for her. Is she okay? Did they put the eye back in? Like, how did that work? Well, you were the one who went off on a fucking tangent after, without hearing the whole story. So this is on you, continue not me. It. No, continue the story. Did they just put... Was it just like a whoops, it rolled I just pop that back in for you, ma'am. Did you hear that? What was that? <laughs> I wonder if it makes a sound like when you throw a <laughs> when you throw a penny in a very shallow wishing well. Bing. Quick, help this pirate give birth. And we need an extra nurse in here. <laughs> After going into labor with her daughter, Phoebe Bell, 23-year-old Bethany Collins was given Pitocin? Pitocin? Oh, yeah. Yep. A synthetic hormone that helps stimulate a woman's uterus muscles and causes contractions so as to speed things along. Despite this, Bethany's cervix still wasn't opening the appropriate amount. She was experiencing severe contractions, and given that her baby's heart rate was dropping, she opted for an epidural. After pushing really hard to help deliver her daughter, Bethany felt an intense pressure in her left eye and realized something was wrong. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Bethany said, are you ready for the quote? No. <laughs> I'm holding my eyes in. Go. I heard a pop and oh. asked the doctor, is my eye okay? He said, yes. But I opened my eye and everything was blurry. I felt so much pressure in my left eye. But I pushed again for the third time and out the baby came. They took her to make sure she was okay before handing her over to me. I asked my husband to make sure she was okay before handing her over to me. I asked my husband, is my eyeball gone? It can't be, but I feel so much pressure and I can barely see anything. He said it was definitely poking out more than it was supposed to, but it wasn't that bad. After 10 minutes passed, Bethany's eye began poking out even further with the situation continuing to worsen overnight. As they were stitching her up, Bethany's doctor remarked he'd never seen such a thing happen before, so he decided to call an optometrist to have a look. The next day, the optometrist looked at her eye, and he also said he'd never seen anything like it. The eye popped out of the socket while she was giving birth. Did they like? Can they just put? Did they push it back in? Is everything okay now? I think it's kind of like um, Lego. You just got to click it in and turn. <laughs> Like when you're assembling those things from Ikea. Just <laughs> take an Allen key and just... <laughs> Finally, uh, 25-year-old... What is her name here? Ruby May is her name. And oh, I'm, Ruby May. I'm going to speculate that that's not really her name, but you may know her from websites like OnlyFans. Okay. She uh, apparently makes a lot of money. A lot, like millions doing wow. OnlyFans. Anyway, she had to go in for an emergency brain surgery the other day. That's scary. Yeah, uh, let me see if I can figure out exactly what it was. She experienced frequent moments of dizziness and sharp headaches that would go on for 10 seconds each instance and then go away and then return. She was diagnosed with Chiari malfunction. It's a rare condition that occurs when an area of the skull contorts and puts pressure on the spinal column. She's got 421,000 followers on Instagram and many, many more on OnlyFans. And she decided, I uh, cannot just leave my fans in the lurk here Hmm. just because I have to have brain surgery. 
it was uh, she was awake for the surgery, by the way. They do a lot of brain surgeries <sighs> wow, when people are right. awake. Yeah. She was doing nudes right there in the hospital. Right there. While they were operating on her. A gown little peekaboo. Yeah. While they were wait, while they were operating? While they were operating. They she, let her? Yeah. I guess if you're paying money there and you are paying money there, they probably don't have any rules as long as you pay the bill. Her three-hour operation at this private hospital cost her $14,772. She figures she took enough pictures and generated enough content during surgery that it basically paid for the surgery. It was free. Is that like is that an equal turn-on? Like if it's like in the middle of brain surgery, isn't that the point of it? I mean, I don't think guys go to OnlyFans for their brains. I think it's for other things, and I think she had checked that box. Like, ah, don't pay attention to those guys up there working on my <laughs> cut-open skull. Here's my vagina. Don't worry about the brain matter. Just let, leave that one out. A <laughs> little bit of blood in the top of that photo there. Just ignore that, because here's my bum. That sort of thing. People apparently loved it. She, uh... It's unique. Probably created a new fetish. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really into girls that are being operated on. That's my new thing. (laughs) So dangerous. Oh, God. (laughs) What the fuck? All right, guys. We're going to wrap it up for today. You have a fantastic Tuesday. We will have a brand new episode of After 9 coming your way tomorrow. A massive cargo ship is stuck in the mud off the coast of Maryland. The vessel called the Ever Forward grounded in the Chesapeake Bay. Yeah, the Ever Forward got stuck. Which is why they're renaming it The Irony. Well, listen to this. I heard that Match just launched a new dating app for single parents called Stir. Yep, their slogan is, I'll join your hell if you join mine. In Miami, a thief broke into a sneaker store and took 20 shoes. But when he got out, he realized he only stole the left sneakers. Officers were like, the suspect is 5'10", 200 pounds, and running in circles. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.